The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana, Kramer Sanson in the background, helping us make sure this thing stays afloat. Woo! Rocky, it's a lot more fun when the Kansas City Chiefs win football games. Uh, today wasn't the prettiest of football games, but the Chiefs get it done against a tough Jacksonville team on the road with a 17-9 win. There were some negatives, but overall positive today. And I want to focus on the positives on today's show. But Rocky, it was an up and down game. It was a sloppy game. Chiefs got called for a boatload of penalties today. But all in all, their defense was spectacular. And we'll get into all of that. We'll get into the offense. And, you know, if there's any concerns moving forward or if we saw enough signs of progress on Sunday to still feel good about the Chiefs' young group of pass catchers moving forward overall. But either way, huge win, uh, especially when you saw the Las Vegas Raiders get smoked by the Buffalo Bills and then the Los Angeles Chargers once again uh, just losing a very tight football game in overtime to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, man, uh Another kind of weird day of football across the NFL and certainly not the kind of football that we're used to seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs, but they leave Jacksonville with a win. And that's the only thing that matters. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, Steven Sardin. You're right. It is a whole lot more fun when the Chiefs pull out a victory like this. And, you know, it's like Andy Reid once said, like, not every one of Beethoven's paintings were perfect. But, you know, like, if you, or what was it, the Picasso songs? Whichever one he said, they weren't perfect, but at the end of the day, a win is a win, and uh, you'll take it and you move on. There's a lot to build off of with this game. Strong, strong outing by the defense. Um, Sky Moore came up really clutch when the Chiefs needed him to, which I thought was important. Isaiah Pacheco, I thought really, you know, just he wasn't his greatest game, wasn't the flashiest game you're ever going to see out of, out of a running back, but he – got the job done it was just really productive and all in all like a lot to clean up like a whole lot to clean up like you said you you go on the road against a playoff team and you walk out with a victory you got to feel good about that right the offense still has some questions marks to it but they did enough today and the defense stepped up and i I texted you earlier you know we'll talk about this later on in the show but like back-to-back really strong outings from the defense you know um there's it's I would say three games. You know, they used to say like, you know, you win one game, they call that a win. You win two games. You know, they call it back to back. You win three games. It's a streak. I would say the same thing with defensive outings with this uh, Chiefs team. We got back to back strong defensive outings right now. You put a third one together. That's a streak, Stephen. So let let's start on the offensive side of the ball, and I've got plenty of thoughts on the defense. I promise we will get to all of that, but. I want to focus on the offense because I, I want to get into, and we're already seeing in the comments, like another terrible offensive performance from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I want to focus on what the Chiefs did on the offensive side of the ball today before we get into the brilliance that was the Chiefs defense. I mean, going to Jacksonville and you hold a very, uh, very strong offensive team to nine points. That's an impressive showing. I, I don't care if they had four touchdowns that were out of bounds in the back of the end zone. But offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, it wasn't um, it, it wasn't so different from week one uh, against the Detroit Lions. A lot of sloppy play early on, and 
you know, I, I, I don't remember. I don't think I mentioned it to you guys, but I'm sitting on the couch watching this football game, watching the offense just kind of look bad, not really move the ball, show no signs of explosiveness like we have seen in the past. And Mahomes just holding on to the football way too long because guys are struggling to get open, which was a problem in week one. And we saw it carry over to week two. But all in all, they wind up putting it together. And you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. I think that he was the reason they were able to put together enough and get enough out there on the field to come away with a win in Jacksonville because Pacheco was great when he got the opportunities and we saw them open the second half after looking pretty rough in, in the first half offensively. And they finally just decided, okay, we're going to give him the opportunity to just ram this thing down the Jaguars throat until they prove that they can stop it. And he doesn't end the day with a huge amount of carries or anything, but he was wildly effective with those carries. And we saw him you know, run people over and run into contact and, and create some explosive runs and this offensive line, we know that on the interior, this is what they are really, really good at. And this is what we've been asking for now. And, you know, you saw on Thursday night, the Philadelphia Eagles, who opened that game against the Vikings, really struggling, struggling offensively. And then they just settled down and said, OK, we're going to do what we did all of last season because no one proved that they could truly stop us when we decide to just run the football down your throat. And that's what they did. And then after that, they took off and they scored a bunch of points against the Minnesota Vikings. We saw the Chiefs do that in the second half of this game. I'm begging Andy Reid to please do that more often because we know how special Mahomes is. We know this passing attack is a work in progress and they're going to get better. I believe that they're going to get better and they're going to improve as the season goes on. But right now, it seems like that's the best thing you can do on the offensive side of the ball. So please, can we see more Isaiah Pacheco? He finally appears totally healthy and like he is ready to take on a significant workload. The passing game will come along just please run the football a little bit more because it was wildly effective today. Yeah. I mean, especially with Isaiah Pacheco, you talk about, he didn't get a ton of carries, but wildly, wildly effective. He, I mean, 70 yards on 12 carries. That's almost that's 5.8 yards a carry, man. You're averaging almost six yards a carry every time you touch the ball. And two of those carries are very, very important first down conversions. One, to, one to ice the game and the other one on third and one when they, when they desperately needed to keep the drive alive. Um, and so you take those two carries out, you're really talking about 68 yards on 10 carries for Isaiah Pacheco. He obviously half of those yards came on one long, like 30 yard run, but he was, he was wildly effective. He was the old school, old, I say old school. It's his second year in the season. The, the Isaiah Pacheco remember from last year, running angry every time he touches the ball, get me up off the ground, get off of me, get out of my way, fight his way out of the crowd. I am juiced up 100% of the time. And there's no reason not to give it to him on those short yardage situa situations. I mean, you have the best interior in the NFL on offensive line, and then you have the angriest runner in the NFL. I'm not saying Isaiah Pacheco is the best running back. He is the angriest running back with the ball in his hands. If you need one yard, you have three maulers and a guy who's pissed off 24-7 with the ball in his hands. Thank you, Andy Reid. Thank you. Do not give the ball to Blake Bell ever again. Do not spread out four wide wide receivers <laughs> and try to throw the ball. Do not try to give the ball on a jet sweep. Give the damn ball to Isaiah Pacheco up the middle for a yard. It won you the football game today. From from me to you, Andy Reid. Thank you. And and, and Andy Reid's old. They, they mentioned it on the broadcast. You know, it's West Coast offensive philosophy. You pass to set up to run. This year, I'm sorry. Until this off this this wide receiver unit gets a little bit more mature and they start getting consistent separation and they start kind of understanding depth of depth of of roots and 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 its spacing, there's just there's not a lot of great things happening happening with the wide receivers at the moment because they're young and they're still developing. But until that happens, the Chiefs may have to be a run to set up the pass offense. You have Patrick Mahomes; he's the greatest player in the history of football. But you may need to help him out a little bit. By, 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 by getting him some heavier boxes. I, I think hopefully this, and uh, I say that, uh, hopefully the second half was a sign of Andy Reid acknowledging that like we got to adapt a little bit here moving forward the rest of the way while we're still developing these young guys. I tend to think it probably isn't um, because we've had these kinds of games from Andy Reid before. And then next week, uh, Patrick Mahomes will probably throw the football 50 times. Um, 
the the progress that we saw offensively today, though, I, I still think is promising, uh, at least from the pass catchers. And we'll get in the offensive line performance because it was not great on Sunday. But as far as the pass catchers go, uh, Sky Moore finds the end zone. I I am so thrilled for Sky Moore after last week. Darius Tony had some nice moments. We'll get into him too. But Sky Moore specifically, because this is a guy that all of us are projecting to take this huge leap forward this season, obviously has a, a total disaster of a week one performance, but finds the end zone on Sunday. And then in the closing moments of the game, Chiefs need a first down to try to close this thing up, lock up a win in Jacksonville. And Mahomes buys time, buys time. Finally finds Sky Moore, who broke free down the field, and he rips off a 54-yard gain. I was jumping up and down in my living room going nuts during that Sky Moore play because I've been really in on him as a player, and I want him to succeed, and I think that he's got talent despite the fact that we just haven't really seen any of it yet. And we finally saw a glimpse of it today. We finally saw improvement. We finally saw him make impact plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I could not be more thrilled for him as a player in Week 2. I, I echo that 100%. Um, it's It seems to be, and it's not shocking considering that he had very poor vertical numbers at the Combine, but if you want to, if you make Sky Moore jump for the ball, it's a bad idea. If he's if his feet are on the ground and you put a back shoulder, you get him the ball in space, and you and he can do some really nice things with the ball in his hands. He can make some contested, contested catches, but he's not going to be a vertical a guy who jumps and goes up and gets the ball for you. You got plenty of those guys on the roster, but Patches has to know that if he's throwing the ball to Sky Moore, Sky Moore got his, has to have his feet on the ground. And I'm really happy for Sky because he had a he had a really bad week one. Like there's no sugarcoating it. Um, he should have caught that fourth down pass. I, I said that last week, and this week he made up for it by making the game winning plays. Like he made, I mean, the Chiefs he he scored he scored the winning touchdown right, um, and he, he the Chiefs needed a huge a huge play there on that last drive to run the clock out, and he made it. So you know everything that happened in week one is 100 percent forgotten in my book. Um, he 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 adjusted to what happened in week one and he came out and he, I thought on the whole, like the chiefs offense had a lot of struggles and issues early on, but it wasn't like in week one where it was only the wide receivers that seemed like that were making the, the mistakes like, like hats off to, to Kadarius Tony. He came out and, and, and made some plays and, and didn't have the same drop issues. Uh, Sky Moore made a couple big plays. Uh, Justin Watson's fumble is unfortunate. Um, I think that that's, oh. I think, I think it's, it's, it, it was just, I don't know if you can put that on. It was just a, it was just one of those plays. I think that happens. Yeah. And I, I think it was clearly an emphasis from Jacksonville because they were trying to punch that football out the entire game. And Kadarius Tony also had a fumble. He was just able to recover it himself. Um, but like, I, I think that chiefs fans should be more optimistic about Kadarius Tony. And we talked about it this week on show and BK. And I thought Brandon Kylie really brought up a good point. Like, you know, we need to start seeing Kadarius Tony prove that he is a wide receiver and not just a gadget player, Swiss army knife kind of weapon. And even in the snaps that he got today and the opportunities that he got today, I think that's how the chiefs were kind of deploying him. Like they weren't deploying him out there like a wide receiver. Who's going to run this uh, super deep route tree or something like that. They're putting him out there for design screens and, and getting him these short passes and trying to get him in, in space and use his shiftiness to get him out and hopefully create big gains. And I think at this point in his career, that's pretty much all he is. And if that's the only way they can utilize him, so be it, but find a way to get him on the field and find a way for him to make impact plays and don't put him in bad situations because we still just haven't seen it from him yet. And with his injury history and his inability to stay on the football field in general, I think that's probably the most effective way to use him until you feel more confident that he can be like, he can actually go out there and play, you know, 85 to 90% of the snaps because he's just not there yet offensively for the Chiefs. And you know what? He might not ever be there. And that's fine, honestly, as long as you know what he is and you know how to use him. Like if he's just going to be an offensive weapon gadget player, that's fine. The Chiefs have had a lot of those over the years. They've had, you know, DeAnthony Thomas, Dexter McCluster, you know, Dante Hall to an extent. Like, like, like this isn't anything new to Chiefs fans. Like, just don't tell us he's your wide receiver one and get us all excited for him being wide receiver one and then come out and he's a gadget player. Like if he's a gadget player and he's, and he's an effective offensive weapon, totally fine. 
then that means that MVS is your wide receiver, your de facto wide receiver one then. And you just got to own the fact that you don't have a wide receiver one. And Travis Kelsey is your wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey obviously had a little bit of rust today. The knee is not 100%. Like, I'm, I, like hats off from going out there, being gritty, being gutty and playing. Like, obviously, we love Kelsey. Never going to question Kelsey at all. But he he's not back yet. Like, he's still working his way back. But at 33 years old, a hyperextended knee, like – Honest, like, like, honest to God, anybody who's over the age of 30 and you hurt your knee, like, you just think to yourself, this is permanent. <laughs> like, like, you're never, like, like, yeah. like you're not going to get back. And he, I'm not saying he's not going to get back, but I'm just saying your body doesn't respond like it did in your 20s. And it, it was pretty clear that Travis Kelsey, and it was reported before the game that he was going to be on some kind of snap count today. And it was pretty clear that he was. Um, obviously, he finds the end zone, which is huge because. The Chiefs desperately needed to get something going offensively, and and you could see it up here on the screen right now. Like they just needed to score, and they needed somebody to make a play. And Mahomes went back to the guy that he knows the best, the Hall of Famer who is going to make plays. But he was obviously limited in today's game, and you know we'll see how he gets deployed next week. The Chiefs don't seem to be too concerned with his long term health right now, so it was just nice to see him find the end zone, but. You know, Patrick Mahomes connects with 10 different pass catchers today, and I'm counting 10 because I'm counting the Donovan Smith catch, uh, <laughs> which if you missed it, it was a broken play where Patrick Mahomes just had all kinds of pressure around him. He just looks for anybody in, in a white and red Chiefs jersey and, and flicks the ball. It just happens to be an, to an ineligible wide receiver or ineligible offensive lineman in Donovan Smith who catches it says, what are you doing? Like clearly looking like, why do I have the football right now? And doesn't even make a play. It's obviously a penalty and they wind up punting the football, but it was kind of a funny sequence, but that's kind of what they were last season. And going back into this season, it's even more because you just don't know who is going to be the big play guy until Travis Kelsey is a hundred percent back. And Justin Watson had a, a nice moment today, a, a big play when they really needed one. We've, we, we mentioned sky more like, they just got to get these guys more reps and get them more opportunities to step up. So like overall offensively, I, I think I was most glad that, you know, it, it it's concerning that the chiefs struggled to put up points and that they don't look like this high powered passing attack and offense that can score on anybody. at will like we're used to seeing, but I'm willing to chalk it all up to they're just so young and they still have so much learning and developing to do that I'm just thankful that they mixed it up a little bit today. And I'm just thankful that we got to see the rushing attack. I'm thankful that we got to see a lot of bodies get in the mix and, and make plays and have opportunities to do something like that. So I, I think that's really all you can expect for them at, at this point in the season as we move along here. And the, the concern, I think, too, coming out of this game maybe is the offensive line, though we were talking about it before the show. And I'm not worried about Jawan Taylor. I know he exited the game after back-to-back -back holding penalties. And, you know, maybe it was just a breather. Like the coaches just, we, we need you to get your head right, big guy. You're our big off offensive free agent. We need you to stay in there and we need you to start making plays. You can't get keep getting called for all these penalties. But I also think some of this is bogus because of his quick first step. And everybody's saying last week, oh, he's false starting on every single play. He's been doing this for years. But it was made such a big deal because he's now playing for the defending Super Bowl champions that the NFL said, we're going to emphasize those calls this week. And it felt like they were only emphasizing the calls for Jawan Taylor in the Kansas City Chiefs. So they wind up with a ton of penalties in this game uh, and a ton of sloppy play. But and, you know, Jawan Taylor is going to have to adjust that. They're going to have to work with him because obviously the NFL is paying attention to it now. But the problem that I have with it is that they're only paying attention to Jawan Taylor. They're only looking at him. And I think that's kind of bogus. Like ref should not be keying in on a single individual in a football game and watching for him to make a mistake when there's countless mistakes throughout a football game that never get called. Oh, hundred percent. But make no mistake. He was earlier a couple of times. Like he, he sure. committed, he committed those penalties, but they were watching him closer than they were watching everybody else. Obviously, you know, the old adage is there's a penalty on every single play, right? That they just don't get called. And they were watching Jawan Taylor every single snap. And I'll say this, like, yeah, he needs to go back to the drawing board. But at halftime, they should have gone back to the drawing board. Like, like after he got his first penalty on the sideline, they should have said, they're going to make an emphasis on this today. They're watching you. 
don't do it. You got to adjust in game. And he just kept doing it. And he kept costing the team. Like at some point, like, like, like that's probably why they set him down to calm him down because it was like, like, come on, man. Like, like they told you they're going to make this an emphasis. They called you on it once already. Like how many times they got to call you on this until you realize that they're going to call you on this. Um, and obviously it's not a panic button thing. I think he's a talented enough offensive lineman, honestly, that he doesn't need to do it. Like everybody's always looking for that one half inch edge because in the NFL, and it's a we've all seen it's any given Sunday, right? Like, like you gotta fight for that one inch. That's my Al Pacino impersonation, <laughs> by the way. You gotta for that one. It's a game of inches. And it is a game of inches, and he's trying to get that inch. The problem was is that he was getting that inch earlier. He was getting more than an inch, and the referees were calling him on it. And he's he's gotta be able to adjust in game. If you you've got to be able to make in-game adjustments as a professional athlete. I just think it's really bogus that the NFL is all of a sudden enforcing this thing that he's been doing his entire career and, and they're only paying attention to him. I, I just don't think that's fair. And it puts the chiefs at a disadvantage because like, if this was a thing, shouldn't they have been working on that in the off season and making sure that he could come into the NFL regular season and not have to totally adjust how he's played his entire NFL career so far. Like, I think this is going to continue to be an issue probably. And this is something they're going to have to work on a lot this week during practice. And hopefully he can make the adjustments because we know he's a talented player, but they can't have you out there getting called for penalties six times a game or something like that. Like that's just not something you can have on the offensive side of the ball for the Kansas city chiefs. But I I am confident in their coaching staff and that they'll get, they'll get things figured out. Especially you can't have that for this Kansas city chiefs offense. Like, like, like this is an offense that's in transition and we've talked about they're developing, but this is also make no mistake. The least developed offensive, like offensive skill set of players that Patrick Mahomes has played with. Like this is like probably like, if we're being honest, the worst skill set of play, the worst, like the worst offense that Patrick Mahomes has played with since he's been in Kansas city, as far as like skill, as skill players go. And so you can't have, an offense where Patrick Mahomes needs to spread it around to 10 different guys while he's trying to develop an entire wide receiver room and get these guys up to speed and have your offensive line, which is supposed to be your strength shooting you in the foot. Like, so last year you could absorb it a lot better than you could have this year. Like this is not the season to have an offensive line. That's going to be shooting you in the foot on a consistent basis. I want to remind you guys, if you're in the comments, uh, use hashtag AP Rapid Reaction. We'll get to some of your questions and observations at the end of the show. Andy Reid speaking to the media right now. Uh, as far as injury goes, coming out, injuries coming out of this game, wide receiver Kadarius Tony's got some kind of left foot injury, but according to Harold Koontz of Fox 4, Kansas City, said uh, Reid did not sound like he seemed all that concerned about it, like it was a serious thing. and. Justin Watson apparently suffering from dehydration and that uh, Jacksonville humidity. So seems like everybody's healthy coming out of this game for the most part. And that's big. We saw Brian Cook go down at one point for the Chiefs defense, uh, but he was able to come back a couple of plays later. And I think it's time for us to get into this defense, Rocky. And, you know, strong week one performance from the Chris Jones Kansas City Chiefs defensive line and, and overall against a very explosive Lions offense. But we saw today uh, why all offseason we've been talking about this might be the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. This might be the best defense that they've had for in the Kansas in Kansas City in a long time. And there is talented players on this defense. There is depth on this defense. They hold Jacksonville to nine points. Chris Jones in his return, two sacks, a tackle for loss. Blowing plays up left and right, absolutely destroying this Jacksonville offensive line and just looking every bit as dominant as anybody could have hoped that he would. And this is a player that did not participate in any offseason workout programs with the team, did not go to a single training camp practice, did not practice with the Kansas City Chiefs at all until this week, which he did in a limited capacity all week because they wanted to slowly ramp him up after not having any live reps for an entire NFL offseason. And he showed up at the facility this week looking like he is in fantastic shape, looking like he is ready to bet on himself to hit all these incentives and recoup all that money that he lost during his holdout. And today was a very, very good start for Chris Jones uh, to try to get all that money back because he looked absolutely dominant for the Kansas City Chiefs defense today. 
Woo! Contract year is undefeated, baby. It, it looked like Chris Jones almost had millions of dollars on the line with every single <laughs> sack that he gets this year. And with like winning defensive player of the year or with the Chiefs winning football games. Like he looked he looked as good as we've ever seen him. And it's impressive. He said that he was ready to go. He said he was ready to rock and roll and collect receipts. I mean, like you may not have liked how this how the situation panned out, and you might not have liked how he played it. But now that he's back on the field, you gotta be loving the product that he's putting out there. Cause my oh my, he looked he looked good. And the entire I mean, the entire defensive line looked good. Derek Nottie looked great in run defense. Let's let's be honest. He he stuck the middle of the line. George Karloftis, my God, George Karloftis, you are <laughs> three times better than you were last year. Like, he just continues to grow and get better and prove that the Chiefs were right in selecting him in the first round last year and that, and that when he had slid, his draft stock slid in the draft process last season. Because at one point last year, he was considered a top 10 pick. And right now, through two weeks, he looks like he should have been a top ten pick. The guy looks awesome, and and yet and yet you, you, you figure in Mike Dana contract year again, baby gets another sack today. Um, yeah. This this front four, you get Charles Aminahue back in the mix, and I mean you're going to be having a lot of quarterbacks running around back there in yellow pants because uh, these guys are going to be coming for you and they're going to be putting the hurt on you real fast. It's week seven when Charles Amanahu factors into the mix here for this defensive line through two weeks. Like they didn't even have Chris Jones week one. They put together a very strong performance against a very good offensive line, an offensive line that's much better than Jacksonville's offensive line. And then they add in Chris Jones this week and they were putting tons of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Like Chris Jones was blowing this thing up, felt like on, on almost every snap. But you mentioned Derek Nadi and Mike Dana and, and George Karloftis. And they were all great today, too. The Chiefs' pass rush is scary. Like, it looks like it is a legitimate problem, especially if Chris Jones is going to be playing like this all year to try to get all that money back. Like, that, that defensive player of the year might be in play if he continues to play like this throughout the entirety of the regular season because they were special today. And, and I'm really excited about them moving forward. I'm really excited that Chris Jones is back and just looks as dominant as he was the last time we saw him on a football field. But then you start talking about the secondary and the linebackers. And we did see Nick Bolton and Willie Gay both go down at one point in this game. Uh, they they returned and they seem fine. So it doesn't seem like anything that we really need to worry about. But we'll monitor their status and practice this week uh, at arrowheadpride.com. But the secondary looks strong again. And there was a couple of frustrating moments. I, I'm a little worried about Legereus Sneed. Maybe this is just missing so much practice time and the knee still bothering him. He's trying to get back to 100%. It just seems like he's kind of slow right now. Like he's processing slow. He's reacting slow. And, and, and I think some of that obviously is because of the injury and, and what he's fighting through right now and still playing. And he still had some nice moments today. Like he, he was in coverage on one of those touchdowns that, that went out of bounds because he was right there to push the wide receiver out of bounds before he could haul it in and, and get his feet down. That's an impact play from Legarius Steve had some other up and down moments, but Trent McDuffie still looks like he is an ascending star for the chief secondary. Brian cook had some nice moments. Jalen Watson had a couple of huge moments in this game. Like, not only did the Chiefs pass rush look dominant today and look like it is one of the more formidable units in the NFL, and they're going to add Charles Amenahu here in a month, um, their secondary looks like it is legit, and their secondary looks like it can lock teams down and give, them, give opposing offenses problems. And I am as excited of this Chiefs defense as I have any unit for the Kansas City Chiefs in a long time. I mean – you talk about the run game and like protecting the boundary. Leo Chanel, if they tried yeah, to run, they were run outside at all. That boy was coming downhill with a fury, and he was not making it fun for you to get hit. Like that guy, my God, Leo Chanel might have knocked a couple years off of somebody's life today. And I mean, speaking of hard hits, Jalen Watson knocked the Holy Spirit out of a boy when he caught the ball. I mean, geez Louise, there was one play where I think it was Christian Kirk got the ball and Jalen Watson was right there and just laid him out. These that's something that you don't see a lot out of cornerbacks that you do see out of the chiefs cornerbacks that I'll say is they tackle with aggression. And that's and a lot of things like they, they <laughs> want to hit you. And there's a lot of cornerbacks out there that want to play the ball or kind of arm tackle a guy or push him out of bounds. Like, like 
Justin Reed wants to hit you. Brian Cook wants to hit you. Jalen Watson wants to hit you. Legarius Need wants to hit you. Trent McDuffie goes out there and wants to hit you because everybody else wants to hit you. Like it's not even actually yeah. in his game, but it just it's it's how our it's how our secondary plays. And surprisingly enough, I thought Willie Gay looked pretty good against Evan Ingram in coverage today as well. The only the only bad bad spot that I saw today in the defense at all was like you mentioned was Legarius Need. I don't think his knee is 100%. I don't think his knee is right. Um, you saw him playing super soft. He was given a lot of cushion, and he was afraid to break on the ball. Like He was almost waiting. To think if, if, like if a guy would, would snap it off on like a little curl route or something like that, or, or like an out pattern, he would almost wait for the ball to be in the air before he broke down on it because he was afraid that they were going to double move and hit it up the sideline. He wasn't going to be able to play it and go. And so I, I – he looked hesitant on driving down on the play, which is unfortunate because to the because previously this is that has been one of the strengths of his game, right? It's just is is driving down and making the play. And so hopefully it's just a thing where like the knees continue to get better and it's just not a hundred percent yet, or maybe he doesn't trust it yet. But I would say that that I am concerned about Sneed's health at it's, this point in time. I I am too, and I'm willing to bet that it's just the knee. And I also have to wonder if, you know, there might not be a circumstance where the Chiefs say, like, you know, maybe we need to give him some time to sit out. But Legarius Need himself is in a contract season, and so I would imagine that he's like, no, I need to get out there and play. I need to, I need to prove that I either can, I deserve to be here long term, or that another NFL team is going to see what I can do out here on this on this football field and give me a long term deal because I need to get paid this off season. So. I don't blame him for wanting to play through it, but it does seem right now he's just not 100%. And he's not the player that we've been used to seeing over the last few years for the Kansas City Chiefs. But you mentioned the way the secondary tackles, and especially Trent McDuffie, who is a smaller cornerback, but as sure a tackler as anybody in the secondary for the Chiefs. It's just impressive to watch them play and you know, to hold a, a team like Jacksonville that is this talented offensively to nine point is impressive by any standard. And for the second week in a row, I, I came away from a Kansas City Chiefs football game being wildly more impressed with the defense than the offense. And that is not something that's easy to do when you have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Like this defense has a very high ceiling, and I don't think we've even come close to seeing it yet. Oh, I, we haven't. We haven't seen it yet. It's it's fun to watch this defense continue to grow. Like we saw them get all get drafted, you know, together last year, and they all came in and they grew through the season. And now you see them kind of playing with with a little bit of confidence, right? You see them playing with a little bit of swagger. Um, this game may have not have been nearly as close if Zay Jones doesn't. I mean, one hundred percent try to murder Brian Cook from behind when he when he's going for an interception. Like Brian Cook had to beat on that ball, and he was going to intercept that ball if Zay Jones didn't inexplicably get away, inexplicably get away with a with an offensive pass interference that that hurt hurt Cook and sent him out of the game. Um, thank goodness Cook Cook did come back in the game later and seemed to be okay. But I mean, you just got a group of guys who were young enough to not know better last year when they won the Super Bowl and now they're champions and they know they're champions and since then all the talk's been about Mahomes 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 like like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because of Mahomes is is a superhero on his ankle and you know game winning drive and all of this and in the back of their minds somewhere they got to be thinking we're we're a world championship defense and now it's our turn time to go out there and put our stamp on this game and show who we are. And I'm excited to watch it, Serta. Like, like these guys are fun to watch. Let's not act like like they like the Chiefs just played good defense against two two scrubs. They didn't play, they didn't play the Bears and the Cardinals, you know, the last two weeks. Like, like Detroit's Detroit's predicted to make go to the playoffs. And the Jaguars were in the playoffs last year. Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick and supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks to come out in the draft, you know, you know, in the last 10 years. And they have a great offensive mind as their head coach. Like these are not scrub teams that the Chiefs are coming out and putting the hurt on defensively. Um, and so I, I'm honestly excited to see what they do against lesser competition. Like, like they could just it could be a bloodbath. Yeah, it's 
it, it's just hard not to be impressed with what this defense has put together through two weeks. And yeah, against two very good football teams that are projected to be playoff teams. And you, know, you mentioned the Chicago Bears and they are coming to Kansas City next week. And we talked about it this week on Arrowhead Pride. Like, you know, if the Chiefs went down to Jacksonville, fall to 0 2 to start the season, how do you feel moving forward? And I was like, I'm not concerned at all. Have you looked at their schedule coming up? I Chicago Bears. Then they have the New York Jets, which that felt like it was going to be a primetime, huge football matchup. But obviously, we all know Aaron Rodgers out for the season. Zach Wilson now totally changes the dynamic of that matchup. But also, that Jets defense is very, very good. So that could be a, a brutal offensive showing for the Chiefs if they continue to play like this. But we know that you really shouldn't be concerned about that Jets offense with Zach Wilson under center. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings who can score a lot of points, but can't stop anybody defensively. Then the Denver Broncos, then the chargers, then the Broncos again. And then you've got this huge matchup against the Miami dolphins on November 5th. Like that's a very favorable schedule coming up. And if they can figure it out offensively to where they get any kind of consistency at all, and look like a, a little bit more like the Chiefs offense that we are used to seeing, and this defense continues to play this way, then they're right back up there as you know one of the serious Super Bowl contenders. Not that they aren't right now, but I feel like it, through two games, there's more Chiefs doubters than I feel like there has been in a long time right now, just based on their performance through two weeks, even though they find themselves at one and one, having just beaten a playoff caliber team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. People are always looking for the next thing. And to get the next thing, you have to tear down the, the current thing, right? And uh, they always want to see a downfall. They always are looking to try to knock the crown off the head of the of, of, of the king, right? And so, right, the Chiefs have been on the mountaintop, you know, in the AFC, you know, recently. And they're the current NFL champions. And so and so everybody wants new blood. It's like it's like when Tom Brady was with the Pats, honestly. Like, like I hated the Patriots when they had Tom Brady. I was like, enough of the Patriots winning every single year and everybody thinking that the Patriots are so great. Like, they're not that great. But they were that great. And the yeah. Chiefs have been that great. And people are sick and tired of watching the Chiefs win because when the Chiefs win, it means that their team doesn't have a chance. That means their team is not winning, and they want their team to win, so they want the Chiefs to lose. And the and these national analysts and the people who write these articles, like it or not, they got into football because they love football. And if they love football, they're a fan of a team on some level. And if the Chiefs are not their team, then they're not going to like it. So every national analyst that's not Nick Wright is essentially trying to tear down the Kansas City Chiefs at this moment because they want their team to be relevant. But guess what? If the Chiefs roll into Germany sitting six and two, like like you can't really be too down on them, right? And I'm and I'm saying that that's saying that the Chiefs are going to lose to the Chargers. The Chiefs probably aren't going to lose to the Chargers. The Chargers are going to charger. The Chiefs are going to roll. Let's let's face it. The Chiefs are probably going to roll into Germany seven and one, and then that's going to be a heck of a matchup against the Dolphins. And who knows what's going to happen? Um, but you got to feel a whole lot better today than you felt la this time last week. Yeah, I, I really don't have much of a concern level with the offense right now because if I'm more confident, uh, if, if I'm confident in this defense, I will always, always be confident that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to figure it out. It's just going to take a little bit of time, and I, I think we really underestimated the growing pains that they were going to go through offensively this season, ahead of the season that are uh, apparent now through two weeks of the regular season in the NFL. But I want to remind you guys, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, make sure you stick around after the break. We'll have all the post-game press conferences, but let's get to some comments and observations from the Kansas City Chiefs win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. When a team elects to go this young, you're going to have extreme highs and lows until the Chiefs get some game reps under these young guys' belts. Yeah, it's exactly what we're saying. There's always going to be overreaction to a, a win or a loss based on a particular unit's performance through two games offensively. This isn't the same kind of chiefs offense that we're used to seeing, but we should have known that coming into the season, there's too many question marks at pass catcher. And then you have Travis Kelsey suffering the injury last minute and them not being able to adapt to it. You have them kind of slow playing Isaiah Pacheco, but it, it is apparent that he is hundred percent healthy. Now we need to see more of him moving forward. They need to lean on that run game a little bit while they develop these wide receivers and make some teams actually respect their run game again. 
because I think that will really open things up for the Chiefs offensively. Well, yeah, and also if you st- if you come out and make them respect the run games and, and run it down their throat, you're going to get the defense tired. Defenders don't like defending the run game consistently because tackling people is hard, and tackling somebody who wants to hit you going 100 miles an hour is hard, and eventually you get tired of doing it. Um, but it was just like the defense last year. Like the secondary last year had some really rough spots early in the season, and they got to develop. Like you're right, you're right. You got to get they got to get reps under their belt. And until this receiving core gets reps under their belt, until this offensive line fully gels, like there's gonna be some rough patches. But you got Patrick Mahomes to carry you through, and you got what looks like an elite defense right now out there keeping you in ball games. And as long as you have those two things, you got to feel pretty good moving forward. From Pete, hats off to the D, proud of those guys. If we are honest, damn, we couldn't have imagined Taylor would have been this bad for us. Uh, Again, yeah, it's a rough game uh, against his former team, but uh, I tend to think they'll get it figured out. They'll have him make adjustments. And I also think today was just unfair for him to be solely targeted by the referees in that way. And I think that is really bogus. And honestly, if I'm the NFL Players Association – I might file a complaint about that because it was pretty blatantly obvious to me that they were only watching him for penalties throughout a lot of this game. And I don't think that's fair. It gives the opposing team an unfair advantage in my opinion, but I have faith that uh, this offensive line and their staff, they're, they're really good. They get a lot out of these guys. I have faith that they'll adjust and he'll be fine moving forward. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to go back and look at where players lined up and, and if, how many people actually got called for penalties this week because i i would venture to guess that you're absolutely right sort of that that it was a bit of uh targeting of taylor um and that the nfl didn't like what they saw on social media so they wanted to quote unquote slap taylor on the wrist for for his for for what he did even though it's been happening and everybody does it i mean jj watt said that his entire career offensive linemen have been doing this because they want whatever edge they can get and so I mean, yeah, it sucks. He's got to adjust. Like you said, Andy Heck will get it. We'll get in there and get it adjusted, though. Um, but we're right. D, hats off. Hats off. You get the game ball. D, defense gets the game ball today, 100%. Best outing we've seen in a long time from the yeah. defense. They were spectacular today. From Christopher Miller, this defense is legit, especially with CJ out there. Yeah. It, it, it was the highlight of my day to talk about how dominant this Chiefs defense was. And you know, for as much as we talked all offseason, like, you know, this unit could really be a, a top 10 defense in the NFL. Like, th- I did not expect this kind of performance today. So if you're feeling down about the offense and, and really like questioning their ability moving forward, at least hang your hat on how amazing the Chiefs defense looked today. No rust, no rust, which is incredible. Like, you have no training camp. You miss week one. You watch the game from a suite. You come out and zero rust, and you look like the dominant player you are. You look like you deserve every single penny that you wanted, Chris Jones. Um, like, dang, like, he, like you weren't the only defender out there playing today, but there was definitely an extra element and an extra ingredient to the defense that wasn't there last week with Chris Jones on the field. Like, he, he's a complete game changer. He's a wrecker, and he is a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah, be very excited about this defense moving forward, especially with Chris Jones out there right now. Um, could not have been more impressive today uh, against a very explosive offense, and, and especially the way that they quieted Calvin Ridley, and we know what a special player he is for the Jags. So impressive performance from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Offense did enough to get a win. Chiefs improved to 1-1. One and one. And they have the 0-2 Chicago Bears, who have looked very, very bad in their first two games of the season. Coming to Arrowhead next Sunday. That's a 325 kickoff here in Kansas City. As the Chiefs look to improve to 2-1. and one. Um, Yeah, that's that's really all I got. I, I am just floating right now. After last week's rough loss and a win for the Kansas City Chiefs, as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we do here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We've got all the post-game coverage for you at arrowheadpride.com. So as soon as we sign off, immediately head over there. Please follow my guy Rocky at Rocky Magania on Twitter. You can follow at Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will be back tomorrow. Myself and Pete Sweeney will have a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. We'll talk to you then.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. After the Chiefs 17-9 win in Jacksonville, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tight end Travis Kelsey, and defensive lineman Chris Jones. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. Uh, listen, I figured he'd be able to play about a half a game, you know, and um, we, we shuttled him in and out. Uh, he did, did a great job. Listen, now, I, I mentioned this before. Over the years here, he's learned to keep himself in, in shape. And, um, and and so when I saw him out of practice, he, he was moving around pretty good, and his endurance seemed good. So, uh, you know, I, I felt comfortable that he would go in and be able to do his thing. Uh, maybe not to that level. Uh, that was a heck of a job, though, by him. Andy, you mentioned that playing through it, battling through it, showed you a little something. What, what, is that going to be your bigger takeaway from today? Obviously, you got a lot to clean up on offense. Well, my, my biggest thing I take away is I thought our defense did a nice job. So, um, and then the offense battled through it and so on. But you, you had the elements. You know, we all felt it. All you guys felt it. So you have the elements that you got to fight through. And, um, uh, you know, you're, you're not walking in the park here. It's uh, both teams are, are battling through some, some heat and, and uh, humidity. And what is that, is that how you account for really a number, an inordinate number of mistakes? No, not at all. No, that's not the problem. That wasn't the problem. We just, too many procedure penalties, turnovers, you know. We'll get that taken care of. That's not the heat, though. That's us needing to take care of business there. Do you just attribute that to week two of the season, or is there anything sort of deeper that you... Well, we normally don't do this. So it, it uh, you know, it got us today. But we're not, we're not a big penalty team, and, and uh, offensively or defense for that matter, we're not a big penalty team, and... Surely not uh, the turnovers. How do you want Juwan to respond to this? Yeah, so listen, I took him out for a couple of plays. I mean, you know, you just step back. This is home, not only home, but it's also where he played. And, um, you know, just step back and let's get you back out there. He had some big blocks down the, uh, you know, down uh, later in the game there. So he did a nice job finishing. Coach, you talked about Jones. How was Trav relative to expectations? Uh, Jones or Trav? Trav, yeah. Trav, uh, Trav did a, a good job. He, he's a pretty good, pretty good shape. He had a lot of routes in there, so uh, looked like he felt pretty good. Anything else? All right, great. Thank okay, you. good. Thank you. I mean, obviously. Uh, too many penalties, um, too many miscues. Um, but, I mean, there's stuff that we can learn from. Um, got a lot of zone coverage, just having to find ways to execute our zone um, and, and driving the length of the field. I mean, it's going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals. Um, but I was telling Ted, if you play, you play bad and win, it's a lot better than playing bad and losing. So I was glad we found a way to get a win at the end of the day. Um, but obviously a lot of stuff that we have to get better at. Yeah, no, um, just kind of getting to a, a check there on the first touchdown to Sky, kind of in our two-minute, getting to the right play. Um, Sky running a great route, making a great play against, I mean, a great corner, honestly. And so um, just going to the matchup on that one. And then the, se- the second one, I mean, it's just kind of me and Trav, just kind of doing the, the scramble drill, working. And Travis, that's what he, he's great at that stuff. And so we were able to find him. Wish I would have been able to find him on the, in the, the third one that I missed him on that in that corner of the end zone. But... Um, like I said, just stuff that we have to get better at, little things, um, but little things in this league make a big difference, and we have to continue to get better at that stuff. How nice was it having Travis Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, just the fact that he played, I mean, it, it, it surprised me, honestly, because 
that's a, that's a scary injury. Um, and, I mean, he, he didn't look good there for a little bit, but he battled over those extra days. He was in the facility rehabbing. And to get himself out there and able to play, um, it, it, it talks about the competitor that he is and the teammate that he is. And so uh, having him out there not only make, makes him make plays, but it helps everybody else and gets other guys open. Um, so truly just a great teammate, man, to even be on the, out there on that field. Yeah, I mean, defense was incredible. I mean, that's a good offense, a really good offense. Um, and for them to to shut them down, I think they were like zero for four in the red zone. Some couple critical stops after we turned the ball over. Um, and then when they got critical stops, we went three and out a couple times, and they they kept holding them the field goals and holding them. Um, I mean, that 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 win is on is the defense won that game. And so we have to continue to get better as an offense, which I think we will. Um, but if that defense plays like that, I mean, we're gonna be a hard team to beat. That's that special. And to answer your second question, I mean, Chris, I mean. Crazy. I mean, just to be able to make that impact on a game after not being in training camp, and you can work out as much as you want off the field. I mean, I, I know this, but to be able to come to Jacksonville where it's hot, humid, and just dominate against a great team, I mean, it, it's special. It's, it truly is special. I'm glad he's on my team. Uh, did you see a mid-season Pacheco, or do you feel like he's still got some room to go before he's over his rehab and it's a player you remember from last year? No, I think he ran the ball well today. Um, there's, there's stuff here and there we have to get better at as far as, yeah, thank you. There's, there's stuff there's stuff that we have to get better at um, as far as uh, blocking, me making some mic calls, um, and being uh, executing throughout the entire offense. But I thought whenever it was there, he punched it through there. He made a lot of big runs. And then there at the end, just tough yards. Um, that, that's uh, stuff that you need in this, in this offense. And uh, as we continue to develop as an offense, I think we'll continue to get the run game going more, and I think it'll open up the rest of the offense. Okay. Yeah, no, um, they did a good job covering. They kind of ran a coverage where they were kind of doubling Travis, and that was kind of my first read. Um, and then Marquez actually got open first. He got open, and I was going to throw it to him, and the safety kind of drove him really hard. And then I think Sky made his guy fall down uh, there on the other side. So was able to buy enough time uh, and then just get the ball to him. At that point, he was wide open. Um, so get the ball to him, and then he made a great play after the catch, getting downfield, staying in bounds, keeping the clock rolling. Um, and he had a big game today, man, and I was happy for him. I think he'll continue to build as, long, as well as those other receivers. I thought there was a lot of positives uh, with them, and they'll continue to build. And uh, it's a work in progress, but you want to win games. I thought we did a good job of just finding a way to get a win. Couple Patrick, more guys. Patrick, you talk about those little things. Uh, it was a rough day for Juwan. What was your message? I mean, I, I mean, through social media, you knew that, that some of this was going to get called. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's going to continue to get better and better. Um, they're cracking down on some of the alignment stuff, uh, but we're just playing football, man. He's only, he'll, he'll, he'll get closer to the line of scrimmage than I guess everyone else, but uh, he'll get closer so that they don't call it, and we'll continue to work the, the snap counts and stuff like that. But uh, he's a great player. He'll continue to play, and he'll get comfortable. And it's hard whenever you're kind of getting picked on a little bit to kind of still, keep playing your game, but uh, I have all the confidence in, him, in him in the world. Last three, last three, Vahe, uh, Nate, and then Yeah, I didn't know that's awesome. I mean, that truly is awesome. And to be able to do it two different places with a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different quarterbacks, it really is It's truly remarkable. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, obviously he's a great coach, but the person, I think the person is is what makes him so special, um, the way he's able to relate to everybody. Um, I mean, everybody in this locker room would say the same thing. Y'all know that. Um, and every, whenever you have a coach, a head coach, that you can really relate to and knows that he loves you and wants the best for you, you go out there and give everything you have. Um, and I think that's what makes him so special as a coach. Um, I mean, obviously he has the X's and O's, but the person is what makes him special. Nate, Patrick, can you just tell me what you were feeling and what you think the, the team felt at halftime? You feel like you don't play well, but you're still up 7-6. Is it, is it relief? What, what, is the, what are you feeling at halftime like that? Yeah, I mean, we just knew. I mean, we're playing a good football team, and when you make mistakes, you're not going to have sustained drives as an offense. Um, we're able to get that last touchdown and get a little bit of momentum. And then a big drive, and that, that first drive out of half, and getting that touchdown to kind of get the momentum back in our favor. Um, and then the defense got a lot of stops. I mean, it's uh, like I said. I mean, it's, it's hard for for us to see, uh, for everyone to see. We we've been such a prolific offense for so long, and we started fast. Um, but if you don't execute at a high level uh, in this league, you're not going to have success. You're not going to score touchdowns. You're not going to have sustained drives. And so that's stuff that we have to get better at. Um, we know what we're doing. It's about going out there and executing it. 
um, finding the, the right way to do that um, as far as running pass and all that different type of stuff. Um, but I, I was proud of the guys that they kept fighting. Um, I mean, even at the beginning of last year, I mean, we didn't we didn't play as well. Maybe after the first game that we wanted to, um, but you have to continue to build and build and know that and the, the process ahead that you just continue to stack wins no matter how you get them um, and try to play your best football as the season goes on. Aaron, I know it's actually said you all ran for over 100 yards, but going into the half, you only had four four attempts to be 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Is there a conscious effort, or will there be a conscious effort in the future to kind of have a little bit more balance as you you know go? Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to take what's there. Um, we had a, lot, a couple of run plays called, um, but they they heavier boxes up through some of the advantage throws on the outside, um, the RPO type stuff. I miss some, um, but that's that's what I was saying. There's some misreads by me. I got to hand the ball in some situations, um, but yeah, we're gonna get the run game going. Um, I thought you think you saw in the second half it was getting going a little bit better. Even those tough four or five yard carries. I mean, obviously the big one um, are important, um, and we'll continue to work that stuff. Um, but I mean, we have we have the talent. Offensive line, they have the talent. We have the talent blockers on the outside as well. Um, it's but it's a new offensive line. They have to gel together. They have to figure it out with the running back. Um, and so uh, I'm excited for it because I, I know that we can do it. Um, but in order for this offense to take that next step, we're gonna have to get it going for sure. Are they... All right, guys. Pat, you got a chance to come off the injury, score a touchdown. How did you feel coming out of this game? We're uh, we're moving forward, man. I'll take a dub any way we can get it, baby. That's Travis, that. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> um, it wasn't. Uh, it is what it is, man. I was out there flying around. I uh, wish I could help. Could have helped my team out a little bit more than I did. But um, like I said, man, we got we came out of Jacksonville with a win, man. Um. I mean, just it was a routine play. Got caught in a bad position. Um, just got to be more fundamentally sound, I guess, and uh, just make sure that uh, before practice or throughout the week, just make sure everything's firing so that I don't put myself in a position like that. Um, initially, yeah, I was like, what the heck happened? And hopefully there's nothing, like, severe. Um, but uh, once, I, once I started working, uh, working out with the training staff, doing a lot of the rehab, um, just put full trust in the medical staff that we have here, and sure enough, I was able to get out there and help. How much of an issue was it for you today? I'm not going to say it was an issue at all. You know, it, everything that you saw out there was uh, was 100 percent what I could give, um, and hopefully uh, next week we get even better from it. Yeah, I mean they they got a great defensive coordinator. You get down to the red zone, they really make you uh, find voids in the zones. Um, and uh, with that being said, I knew once Pat kind of broke contain where where a soft spot was going to be, and um, yeah. So we saw how jovial you were with Chris throughout the week leading up to the game. Just what does it mean to have him back? What was the week like with him? And is this just another? It's just an interesting scenario, man. And I just wanted to make sure he felt that you know what I mean. He's every part of this from the jump that he's ever, that he's always been. I love that guy. Um, you know. Sometimes contracts and things like that can kind of get in, I don't know, get in the way of, or at least the media can portray somebody to be somebody that they're not and things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that he knew that we were happy as hell to get him back out there on the field and in the building and just his energy is uh, is needed, man. What did you think of his performance today? Looks like the nine. The looks like the nine five that I that I know. Looks like, like there was some frustration level with how things were going offensively in the first half. How do you sort of balance patience in week two versus urgency, and then did you clean up the mistakes quickly? Um, still early in the season, and uh, what you guys just saw is the second game, uh, bringing all the new pieces together, um, and we're going to keep building. We keep growing. I know we got a great, great leadership, but um, right now, hats off to the defense, the way they're playing and keeping us in games. We love them for it, and uh, we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot on offense. All right, thank you. Chris, was it important, more important than usual for you to play well today, or, or was it just another game in that regard? For me, it's just another game. Um, no pressure. Most importantly, going out, having fun, um, enjoying my time back with these guys, uh, and make sure we win the game, however that may be. You already said that you were in shape. Give me your thoughts on how you played throughout the game. I don't know if I can go again for another three weeks, so I'll see you guys in three weeks.
Chris, it was pretty hot out there today. How, how much how beneficial was your training in Miami to prepare you for the event? Um, the heat didn't bother me. I was um, well prepared for it, um, but it was it was tough, tough at times at spurts. But um, yeah, it felt really good. I felt like I was back in Miami. Chris, what's just the emotions of playing, making an impact? I mean, obviously, the team goal. What's the emotions of just being back out there? Same thing as it was when I uh, before I left. Is have fun, um, play hard, and, um, you know, find a way to win. We'll go Nat, Nate, Adam, and then buy it. Hey. I, know you, I know you consider yourself a pass rusher specifically, but to rush from the interior and from the edge, just how thrilled are you to get that flexibility with Spags and then obviously prove it on the field? Um, I think we've just been building that ever since last year, since Spags coming. It's more so about communication between us and trust between us that I know my plays, that – I know the uh, the defense inside and out, and being comfortable with me being able to get outside. So, Adam, Chris, uh, you haven't played a, a real game since the Super Bowl last year. What were your expectations for today coming in? Absolutely none. I was just happy to play. No expectations. <laughs> nah. Last one by hey. Chris. Just the, the, the sack, the bad passing, and the other ball where you got to got to throw out bounds. How did those plays feel in a game that was this tight? I mean, uh, that's what I—that's what I'm here for. Um, for especially plays like that, you know, when my number is called, I try to answer that, and we're just going to continue to pick up where we left off. All right, thank you. Thank you.